Hi, and welcome to Michael's Office. I'm Mike Cox, and this is a podcast where you get to hear my genuine, unfiltered, and unscripted thoughts about certain topics that are going on in the entertainment world that interest me. Ranging from a multitude of things like theater, movies, and more. All you have to do is go ahead and step into my office where this week we're going to talk about my uh, third week of college, my experience with my first collegiate play, some musical stuff, uh, some more Joker news, and um, the King of the Ring winner, winners and the King of the Wing, the King of the Ring winners and predict who's going to go in the finals and possibly win the whole thing. Actually, I'll save that for the finals. So, um, that'll also be for something else too. But right now, uh, let's get into it. So, first topic is um, my third week of college. Um, it was kind of hectic. It was kind of hectic. It felt like I was going through the emotions. Uh, through the motions. Um, I feel like I'm getting too comfortable in the college thing. I'm kind of slacking right now. I should be probably be doing homework. But I'm not going to do that. I got to record this. I meant to record it. Yesterday, but the cast party happened for the birds, which I'll get into later. Um, yeah, it was just basically we're, last week was all preparing for tests and stuff. I don't feel like I was properly prepared. Granted, it was all on me. That's what college is. It's not just they're not they're getting, they'll give you study guides and they give you tons of chances. It's just you got to take that. And we didn't really take that, and it'll probably be reflected. When my grade comes out for the current test I took. Um, but last week, it was just mainly focused on getting the show done. It was tech week. Uh, but it was kind of just going through the motions. Um, it's starting to get bad. It's starting to get a little crazy. Just starting. The first two weeks were kind of easy going. Now it's starting to get into the, the thing of, hey, do really, really, you need to really start doing your work. And um, stuff like that. It's just you really got to focus on stuff about that. And that's what I got to do. And um, yeah, it's, I feel like I'm slacking, which sucks. It sucks a lot. But um, right now anyway. But I think it'll get better if I continue to focus, which I'm not doing. <laughs> but... Um, Third week was just kind of hectic because of the play. But now that I get a break, I can totally, totally focus on um, college stuff. And I think now I'll get more stuff done. I definitely will get more stuff done. Um, uh, I had my... I didn't get... Like for one of my classes, Health and Wellness, I didn't get anything done. In other classes, I didn't get anything done because I was focusing on the play, which sucked. But I got, I'm starting to work on it now. Um, some of the stuff, sometimes the teacher wouldn't really explain. But other than that, yeah, it went fine. It's been fine. Hopefully this will be just as good. Maybe this week will be not as hectic. It probably is going to be even more hectic. Despite, or just as hectic because I'm not in the play right now. So, yeah. But the tests and quizzes and working on next stuff. Um, yeah, it'll probably be just as hectic this week. But you don't know. You, you never know. You never know that it, if it's going to be... Um... Speaking of the play, which I kept mentioning, uh, The Birds, uh, it wrapped up this weekend, so if you missed it, sucks to be you. It really sucks to be you. That was rude, but I'm just saying you missed out on something unique and different. Um, uh, the Birds was directed by Tyler Gruen. He's a fantastic person. But The Birds, if you guys are listening in for the first time, was a Greek comedy. No, it is a Greek comedy. Um, 
which has these two guys, Eulipides and Pithoteris, and they basically leave Athens because they don't want to pay taxes. Taxes? 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 Taxes. And they hear about this guy named Tarius, who turned into a bird, and like, hey, we want to be just like him. We want to get away from all our problems. Which he did. And they do find him. Um... They talk to him, convince him, like, hey, hey, we can, we can, if you help us become birds, we can, you can build this one thing where you can, like, be the new gods of the world and beat the gods of Olympus. And then Hupu is like, what the heck? That's so cool. Let's do it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to help you with this. And then the, the Hupui calls all the birds because they, yes, the Hupui has to convince all the birds to do it too because you can't just be the Hapui and them building the city in the sky. It's got to be the birds. So, yeah, and they want to build a city in the sky. Um, once they do that, it is the Hapui and the two men to convince the leader, or the queen of the crows, to um, help them with this. The leader's still suspicious. But she accepts the terms to help them. Eventually, the guys convince them, and they start build. They start building it. I don't know how long it's been. It says they build it. They built it as soon as they get the uh, as the as soon as the guys get their wings, and um, uh, Pith then uh, becomes like this king. And kind of rules over it. And it's ironic because Pith was running away. I'm going to call Pith the terrorist Pith. Um, Pith was um, running away from his responsibilities. And now he's gotten all the responsibilities. And now he can't take it. And he goes crazy. Starts beating on people. Uh, it's great. And then he gets married at the end. Yeah, that's like all Greek plays according to the director. Um, and it was... It was fun to work on. I'll definitely say it was definitely fun to work on and perform with all the actors and try to understand this oddly worded play. It was very worded weirdly. It was very high-spoken stuff, high verbosity, very verbose uh, play. It, even though it was in English and used a lot of normal words, it sounded like they were speaking in a different language and um, made a lot of references that we don't understand. And so a lot of jokes would probably go over people's heads. So we had the the challenge of trying to convince, like, hey, this is what's going on. We had to know what was going on. And this was more focused. The the play, I think, we we had f verbal funny stuff, like jokes in there. That was funny, like verbal stuff. But it was more focused on the physical part. The physical part of comedy. The, where we had a lot of motions and blocking that involved us to be hilarious a lot of slapstick humor too i got my character no i did my character got hurt a lot he he got slapped not slapped he got yeah he did get slapped he got slapped he got hit in the face he got he he did the belly flop he he just got hurt a lot he had a lot of physical comedy. Uh, there was also, since it was Greek play, the um, since it was a Greek play, there was a lot of audience interaction, which is something completely different from what usually goes on. Uh, and since it was Greek, we had it in thrust, which is like the audience are surrounding the stage, and they're on the stage with us, so we had a. They were up close with us, and um, we had to project, and that was really difficult because um, 
if we were to one side, if we were like facing the left side, or stage left, which is if you were out in the audience, you'd be right. But if we were facing the left side of us, the people on the right probably couldn't hear us. Because they probably could hear us, they just couldn't understand what we were saying. Um, but that was the cool part of it because it was, you were like, it was just, it'd be so, it's so different to see this type of thing. Um, and the costumes. I thought we were going to go with a modern type of thing. I don't know what we were doing. I thought we were doing some weird period piece or something like that. No, we were, we were doing like actual Greek Greek where we had togas. And the makeup, uh, the costumes were really cool for what they were. We weren't trying to be flashy. We weren't trying to be big. We just did it. Like, we tried to show it was like, Obviously, this is a show. You're not. We're not trying to be realistic here. We're just trying to put on a show and make it theater. Um, and the makeup was absolutely fantastic. Lindsay did a fantastic job with the makeup on everyone and everyone. Everyone had fantastic makeup. There was like the birds had their own designs to represent because or to represent what birds they were because the actors who played the birds chose a bird and they're like, hey, I want to be this bird, and they did their best to represent that. Represent that on a person's face, which is really cool to see every night. Um, and um, what was another thing? Oh, we had a like, choreo, like actual choreo, not blocking, where we person choreographed the dance. There was a couple of dances in there, and they were all really, really cool. Uh, they were like, there was Greek dancing. There was one other element I can't remember. Mixed with like actual bird dancing, which was really, really freaking cool. And, um, going back to the birds, the bird, all of the, the chorus, the chorus of birds, they all had their own little sound effects and it was great. They all had their own little motions, like the way they moved, which was fantastic. Um, Um, we kind of forgot some of the blocking, namely me. I kind of forgot forgot some of the blocking, but overall, we just kind of forgot some blocking. It would have made much of a difference, but it would add it to that presentational thing that we were going for with the physical comedy and stuff like that. But that it was just so much was going on, and as we were focusing on getting our lines down, we tried our best to keep the blocking the same. I would mess up the blocking like almost every night. Oh, and the reason for that was like, I didn't practice. I didn't practice every day, and I should have, and that sucked, and it, and it showed, because I would mess up lines and stuff like that, but nobody would have noticed if they didn't come every night. Um, um, and if I had to put people over and say they did a phenomenal job, the... Olivia Leak, she was the leader. She did a fantastic, brilliant job. Um, and she's not even a theater person. She's just that good. Um, she had the hardest role in the show, and she killed it every night. Every freaking night. If she messed up something, you wouldn't have noticed it. Like, she's that good. Um, Pith, the person who played Pith, she was fantastic. Um, yes, it was a girl. Because, well, uh, now that I think about it, nobody else could play Pithoteris. But she decided to put on a beard and got married to somebody because we're Baptists. We can, it's Mobap. You can't do that. <laughs> um, she did a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal job. She carried the show on her back. Um... And it was an honor to work with her, like, seriously. She's an amazing person off stage, and she's an amazing talent on stage to work with. She, I cannot stress enough how good she is, and she's going to make it big someday. Um, another person, 
I want to point out. Um, I would say Greg. Greg Carr, I think his name is. I don't know his last name, but his first name is Greg. He he made the he was like probably the funniest person in the whole entire show. Um, yeah, he he did a great job with Kinesius, which was fantastic. You know what? Might as well put everybody over because everyone did a fantastic job in their own right. Uh, Rachel. A brilliant job as the bird, as a bird in the informer and the lawmonger. She was funny in each of them. She was brilliant. She's really, really brilliant. Um, Allie Heads was fantastic as the hoopooey and the in the Prometheus. She definitely put a distinction in both of them. Despite having the same voice, you could tell she was a different character. Um. Cam Hume was great as Poseidon. He had a fantastic bird noise. He was a great bird, too. His uh, chemistry uh, and working with Rachel was hilarious every time. Rachel and Cam were a great pair of birds. Kaylee was very funny with her, um, like, when she was a bird, she was very funny when she interacted with me as a different character, Trabalus. She 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 did a great job with interacting with me. And she's also a great, great dancer. Oh my gosh, she had a whole dance thing with the leader, and that was really, really cool to see. I didn't ever, ever see the full thing, but it was look was looked really cool. And they put in a lot of work. Um Sophie, she was great. She was so cute. She was just a pole, like uh, as Tyler would describe it. She was a pulsating ball of energy. She was so energetic. And she could... Her enunciation is fantastic. Um, I loved her... Uh, I loved her bird sound, too. She had a great bird sound, and she was super great when she was a bird. Her best role was when she was a bird. Um, Will was fantastic. He was brilliant as the commissar. I didn't see the full scene, but like a couple lines when we were discovering characters. Oh my gosh, he had me rolling. And his sound, his bird sound was so great. He was the biggest guy there, but he had the most innocent bird sound. The cutest bird sound ever. It just smells like deep. It was, imagine a big dude. He's, a, he's an athletic dude. Got the cutest little bird sound. And uh, Victoria, she did a brilliant job. She was absolutely hilarious. I was every time I heard her speak as the prophet, she made me laugh with her uh, over the topness about the, the prophecy, which was which was fantastic. She was just fantastic. Everyone was just fantastic. Let me see if there's anybody else I missed. I don't think I missed. Anybody else? Oh, there was Daniel. Daniel played Heracles. He was great. He was great. Just everything about when he played Heracles, he was fantastic. Utterly fantastic. Um, And then Tyler, I gotta give it to Tyler for directing this really freaking hard show. And doing his best to give us <laughs> what we got. And it was... A brilliant experience, and I'm so happy that he supported me and the rest of the cast through the whole entire thing. Brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant, and he's going to make it big someday. He's fantastic. I describe fantastic to describe everybody, but it's true. They're all fantastic. Like, uh, they're all fantastic. Cannot stress it enough. They were all fantastic. Um... Lindsay and John, the makeup and hair and costume people and the tech crew with Becca and Alicia and Sarah and Andrea. Ugh, everybody was brilliant. Everybody was brilliant. Um, and now uh, my performance about the whole thing. I was very, 
I wasn't too happy of, with my performance of the whole entire thing. Um, it wasn't Tyler's fault. It's more my fault. If I practiced more, I think I would have gotten two Yolipides. I did not get to the point I wanted Yolipides to be, the character I wanted him to be. Uh, I didn't feel like myself. There's that. I didn't feel like myself. It's just I didn't, it didn't feel like what I wanted Yolipides to be. Um, I ex there was only one time I did get that experience, and that was when we were doing something to discover our characters. And that was the only time I'm like, wow, this is, this is it. This is it. This feels like Euripides. This feels, and I had the, I felt, to me, Euripides is innocent. He's naive. He's pure. He's everything, he was every, he's everything that's right with the world. Um, and I got that with that thing, and I felt like I had the audience in the palm of my hand, and it was the best feeling in the world. If I, if I did it like that, if I had that character, if I had that version of Euripides, I think that would be one of the best roles I've ever played. And he's a fan, it's a fantastic, he was a fantastic character, it's just, performance-wise, I don't think that's one of my best. Um, and I'll continue, probably, hope, I'll hopefully continue to get better, and learn from this experience. But I cannot praise Tyler enough and the rest of the cast enough for being there for me, supporting me, and putting on this phenomenal show. I really wish you guys could have come see it. Uh, yeah. Now that's over, we're going to move on to Starcade. I mentioned last week I'm going to talk about... I talked about uh, Starcade's upcoming music Black Friday. M music? Upcoming musical Black Friday. And then I said last week, as I mentioned before... Uh, I was going to discuss what musical they should make into a movie. And there are plenty of arguments for what musicals they have done. I just noticed something. Okay, um... And I haven't watched every one of their musicals, but I've watched a lot of their musicals. And I do agree that they should bring their musicals to the big screen, or if they were to bring their musicals to the big screen, like a production company wanted to bring their uh, musicals to the big screen, what would they do? And possibly who would be in it? There are so many options to bring uh, which musical to bring to the big screen. They could bring any of the very Potter musicals because, well, people love Harry Potter. And if it was a musical, then people give it a shot and they would be, I think, pleasantly surprised with the characters and characters' reasonings for uh, the show and the songs they sing. I think they would love the songs. I love the characters, the unique twists on characters. And speaking of twists, another good one would probably be Twisted. Uh, it's basically the wicked version of Aladdin where Jafar is the main character. And I actually prefer this version like of the Aladdin story of the Arabian Nights. The story of Arabian Nights. A version of Arabian Nights. Um, where... Jafar is like this Shakespearean, intelligent, wise, old, he's still old in Aladdin, wise uh, character. He's, he's good. He's a good. He's a good person. You can tell he's a good person and wants to do things right for his kingdom. While Aladdin, like in the movie, is a street rat, but he's like that. He speaks like a street rat, and he's a pedophile, where he's 33, crushing on a 16-year-old Princess Jasmine. Um, and it's kind of ironic later. Um, the music's absolutely beautiful. It's very Disney-like, but it's fantastic. They're, they're, and the comedy's brilliant with one joke about Prince Ahmed. Pretty much Prince Ahmed is a whole joke in himself. And they... Explored upon things like 
Um, they like minor mention things or big things near like uh, a a character, a person's name, and a friend like me is this a really major, a pretty major character toward um, in the show. Like, in the minor character I'm talking about, the name that's mentioned in front of, like, me is Sherazade, and she's, like, a pretty important character in this musical where it turns out to be, um, Jafar's wife. Uh, and there are, and, um, going back to the songs, the songs are beautiful. If I Believe is a really amazing song. Uh, Tonight's really great. No one remembers Ahmed. And uh, I Steal Everything are all great. I Steal Everything is very memorable. It shows you who Aladdin really is. And um, that's just, I think, Star Kid's best show, really. Um, another great show that they should probably turn into a musical is Starship. Not turn into a musical. Turn into a movie. Starship, it's like the, the space version of My Little Mermaid and... Not My Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid. My Little Mermaid. It's like My Little Pony, but The Little Mermaid mixed. Anyway, or My Little Pony version of Mermaids. Um, the Little Mermaid. Mixed with aliens and, um, like, one other thing. <laughs> but it's like the most, it's the cleanest. It's got the most, it's the most, it's got the most heart out of all of them. It's definitely the one that's, like, meant for kids. Granted, it has things that aren't very kid-appropriate, but it's the one that's meant for kids the most. And that would be great to see with all the puppetry and stuff like that. But the musical, I think they should turn into a movie is the guy who didn't like musicals. Because people really, really like the music for the guy who didn't like musicals and that's kind of what I would say blew Star Kid up to a pretty well-known name in the community for uh the like theater community the comedy is utterly brilliant in the show it's I think People think it's the second funniest show. Like more, it's obviously one of their funniest shows. Um, the characters are all great, and I think it would interest people because it's a guy who didn't like musicals. Yet it's a musical. That's ironic. I want to see what this is. Uh, it has all of their songs are really, really freaking good. I, I've listened to it more, the songs more and more, and they're all really, really good. They're funny. They're, they're just... They're awesome. They really are. The opening song's fantastic. The closing's fantastic. Even the small, very small songs are fantastic, like... Cup of poison coffee slash cup of roasted coffee is fantastic. I love, I love Jamie's voice in that. Uh, jo the act one finale is absolutely incredible. The join us and die is fantastic. Instead of join us or die, or it's join us and die. And the plot is basically like, like it's like a zombie film. But instead, where if you die, you start singing a musical and you basically live your life as if you were in a musical, which is really hilarious and funny and brilliant. It's just a really great show with great songs and it has an opportunity to uh, showcase the world who these actors are and give them a... Um, more opportunities. And, um, there's lots of songs where very famous actors could take part in it. Like Hugh Jackman could play a character called General McAmara, where Jeff Blim, 
who plays multiple roles. And like in this, it's I'll go back to about the multiple role thing. Um, the, uh, Jeff Flynn sounds exactly like or very very similar to Hugh Jackman in that song when he sings. But um, what you'd have to do. One problem with the uh, Starkin musicals is that they always have, in theater in general, in theater in general, certain people play multiple roles. Well, this one it's like very obvious that it's a same person. But um. I would say they would have to keep, like, let the cast, the original cast, choose who they want to be. And it's been done before in films where some actor has played the same, has played different characters in the same film. It would just have to be different characters. Like, I, I still gotta say, like, frickin' Hugh Jackman has to be General McNamara. But they also gotta get the original Starkid cast. They have to get the original Starkid cast. Um, yeah, they have to get the original Starkid cast. And I think audiences would love it. I think audiences would love it. And it would probably be rated R, so people would probably be interested in it. Like, ooh, a rated R musical? Ooh, why? Why is it rated R? And they'll find out why. And I'd re and this, since it is a horror, it allows for gore and and uh, people to get actually, like, horror fans to get into it. So, I think that would be, uh, that's what should be turned into a musical from the Star Kid Library. And now we, uh, sticking to that movie musical thing, um, uh, movie musicals, like, uh, are, as last week I said, aren't as common as they are anymore. They're still a thing. Um, as more musicals are being adapted, we've had a bunch of famous musicals turned into movies. Like, Les Mis, um, Jesus Christ Superstar, Oliver, which won the Best Picture, Fiddler on the Roof, Wizard of Oz, Music Man, Sound of Music. And the Phantom of the Opera all come to mind as musicals, movie musicals. That, well, movie adaptations of musicals. And uh, they're all really good. Some may argue that the version of Phantom of the Opera is not that good. But still, uh, it's still, it still is there. It still stands. The question is this week... What films should be made into musicals? And I will also be including movies that are being like that are being made into musicals. So I will include that. Um So one musical that comes to mind that is being turned into a movie, that is being turned into a movie, is um, Wicked. That is being turned into a musical. And I'm not a big fan of Wicked, personally. Uh, I think it's a bit overrated. I love... Uh, Defying Gravity, but that's the only song I really like from it. I like the opening number too. I really like the opening number, but um, that's really the only song I like. Those are the only few songs I like from Wicked. But I would, I guess, I'd have to see it, and I think 
since they are turning it into a musical, a movie musical, I'm excited to see what it um what it turns out to be on the big screen and how they do that and how people react to another Wizard of Oz thing being turned into a musical. I would really, really like to see that. Just to see how they deal with it. Another one is Hamilton. Hamilton! The, um, is the, like, literally the new musical that defined, or defines a generation of people. It's like, that's literally a game-changing musical. It is like the musical right now. And I love to see that on the big screen. It would probably generate some backlash because it is not historically accurate. But it's Hamilton. It's just Hamilton. Yeah, I don't need to explain much more because that's a brilliant musical. It's a masterpiece in its own right. And I know, Tyler, you'd probably disagree, but I would love to see that turned into a film. And that would make a ton, ton of money. That makes so much money. And also, give people a chance to see Hamilton without having to go to Broadway. Um, another musical that comes to mind is Seussical. This one, I have really a soft place in my heart. A like a special place, a special place in my heart, that's what I meant to say, for uh, Seussical. That is what really got me into theater. I love Seussical so much. I love it so much. And I love to see it in... I love to see it animated. That would be the perfect thing to animate. I just love to see the musical on screen and see the colors and all the characters and the songs and stuff just brought to life. Not just on the stage, but on the the big screen. And I think it would be a really amazing experience for the kids and just just being amazing. It's just, it's got a great message too. It's it just be something special to see it on on the uh, big screen. And then another musical, my favorite, one of my favorite musicals of all time, uh, Jekyll and Hyde, come to mind. That is in development. It's just I, we haven't gotten any news on it. It's still people are still looking. I'm pretty sure they're still looking for a Jekyll and Hyde and other people. They're still looking for a cast, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if they have the script ready, though. But they're still looking for a cast. Which sucks. But... Joke and I, it's just the, my favorite, one of my favorite musicals of all time. And... It, we haven't really seen a Jekyll and Hyde movie in a long time. And I think this would be the best way to bring it back. And Jekyll and Hyde's a brilliant musical, and it would just be great to see it on the big screen and see the characters and see the performance and what would they do to differentiate Jekyll from Hyde. Would they just do the hair thing like on stage or they actually give him makeup and stuff like that? What would happen? Would they use CGI? What's the, what's the plan here? Um... The next musical is another favorite of mine, one of my favorites of all time, a Sondheim uh, musical. Sondheim has had so many musicals turned into films, like a funny thing that happened on the way to the forum. Um, into the Woods, West Side Story, Gypsy. He's turned. He has had a lot of his musicals turned into movies. And he has a bunch of 
musicals that should be turned into movies. But one that sticks out is Sunday in the Park with George. It's it's literally a work of art. It is about an artist, but it's also a work of art. It's so beautiful to listen to and just watch it. It's just so brilliant. And I think it would be one of those films. It like it would be uh, at the enemy's gates, at heaven's gates or something like that. Is that? I think that was the one with Van Gogh. Yeah, it would be like at Heaven's Gate. Wait. Is that Heaven's Gate? At Eternity's Gate. There we go. At, at Eternity's Gate. It would be like at Eternity's Gate with the um, visuals and the um, stuff like that. I think it would have CG involved, but it would be more focused on the... Like, it also, I think, would have animation to it. It'd just be a brilliant thing to see, and I'd love to see it brought to life. Um, another musical I would love to see brought to film is The Count of Monte Cristo. It's another Frank Wildhorn, like uh, Frank Wildhorn musical. Frank Wildhorn. It's another Frank Wildhorn. There are two Frank Wildhorns, probably. But, um. It's another Frank Wildhorn musical where, uh. The music is just. Ah, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And so epic and rock filled. It's fantastic. It's just a fantastic musical. I've never seen a recording of it. I've never seen it, but I've listened to it, and it's so good. It is so good. Um, the story is a classic. So seeing it in musical form and hearing it in musical form, I think it would be a different experience in theaters. And it would be something we need. And the final musical I think they should turn into a movie is The Great Comet of 1812. It is an audio experience. And to see those 70 pages in musical form in a on a movie screen with all the effects. I think it would be one of the most unique experiences an audience member and a just a film goer could ever experience going into that musical. Going into the film seeing it. I think it would be and it would it just would be a different experience than most people would expect. Yeah. I really hope those films get turned into musicals. Not films turned into me. Oh my gosh, I'm having a stroke. Those musicals get turned into movies and they come to the big screen. So, I can't speak today. <laughs> um, the next set of, uh, the next topic is really, really big news for Joker. We were talking about it um, last week with the reactions and reviews. Um... At the Venice Film Festival, which it premiered, it won its top honor. Honor, bleh, the film won the top honor, the Golden Lion, and that's very, very, very important because the not many USA films, United States films, gets the. Uh, Gets the top right. Gets that. And Venice Film Festival, as I said before, uh, last week, the, the Venice Film Festival is a important festival. It's got a, it's got a reputation for having Oscar nominated films go there. It doesn't matter what type it was. Like for example, the film. If you win that, you are guaranteed to get an Oscar of some sort. If you win that, you are guaranteed to get an Oscar. Some you can guaranteed to get nominated for some sort of Oscar. The uh, American films that won, um, that won the, um, where is it? Hey. Where is it?
Miss checking something. <laughs> do 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 do. I'm just. Come on, come on. There we go. Come on. Ah, uh, that one. Go control F. Huh. Like, okay. Oh, I did get nominated for something. Okay. So, like, the American films that won this award. Got nominated for something. Brokeback Mountain, which won, got be uh, nominated for Best Picture. The Wrestler got two uh, Academy Award nominations: Best um, Best Actor and Best Supporting Actress. Um, The Shape of Water won Best Picture, and before Shape of Water. The American film that won before that won in 2010. Somewhere won. It's been a long time since something won. And the Roma won after that. That's not an American film. It's from Mexico. But Roma won after that. And it was nominated for Best Picture. And then the film that won this year, Joker, was made in the U.S. And it is guaranteed to get a nomination of some sort. It is going to get an Oscar nomination of some sort. This is big news. Black Panther won last, uh, not won last year, got nominated for la last year. Joker has the potential to win the Oscar this year, being the first ever comic book film to win an Oscar. Like, big Oscar. And that's really, really big news. So, same before that's really, really, really big news for Joker. And I am so happy that it won and I am hoping that it wins I really want it to win if it if it's better than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood which was really hard to be because that was a oh, brilliant film it was a brilliant film so good but I really hope I'm really push, pulling for uh, Joker to win the Oscar there and get nominated I definitely think it's going to get nominated for sure and I'm hoping that it wins. But now we're going to move on to my final topic before today before I close. And that is the King of the Ring tournament. It continues. Uh, we had some shocks. We had a, a lot of shocks. Uh, like most of them were shocks. What did we got right? I was wrong on uh, most of them. Except one. But not for the reason that I thought. Um, so, the results. I'm going to tell you my predictions last week. Samoa Joe versus Ricochet. I thought Ricochet was going to win. I was wrong there. Baron Corbin versus Cedric Alexander. Baron Corbin won. I was right there. Elias versus Ali. I was wrong there. Eli Elias won. Chad Gable versus and Andrade. Chad Gable won. I was wrong there, too. Um, and for Samoa Joe versus Ricochet, I was wrong there. It was a draw. Neither person won. And it sucks because that looked like it was a really, really good match. Um, and it sucks that it was a draw. So it is going to be a triple threat tonight between Samoa Joe, Ricochet, and Baron Corbin. Hopefully that match is going on right now. Um, my prediction, it's going to be, it's still, I'm still going to pull for Ricochet. I think Ricochet is going to win this whole entire thing. I think they're um, building it up that Baron Corbin is going to win this thing. But I think Ricochet, oh wait, no, 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 I think, I think, I take it back. I think Baron Corbin is going to go to the finals. 
And then Chad Gable's going to knock him off. Yeah. I think Chad Gable's going to knock him off. Or maybe not. I'll let you guys know next week, and I'll give my predictions for Clash of Champions after that. But going down to Elias versus Chad Gable, um, I think Chad Gable is going to win that match and finally put an end to Elias' stuff. I think he's going to overcome all the odds. The crowd is going to pop like crazy like they did last week against when Chad Gable beat Andrade. Um, so, yeah, I think Chad Gable is going to pull out the win tonight. Um, not tonight, Chad, tomorrow night. Uh, but I think Baron Corbin's going to win this triple threat, and it's going to be Chad Gable versus Baron Corbin, which Chad Gable and Baron Corbin have fought before, and I think they had decent chemistry. But I think out of the final two, these final, the semifinal matches, I think the triple threat will be the better one. And I do believe... I think the best match this week or last week was um, Chad Gable versus Andrade. Because people wanted more. People wanted more. If Samoa Joe versus Ricochet didn't end a draw, I think Samoa Joe versus Ricochet would have been the best match this week. And Cedric Alexander versus Baron Corbin, I heard, was really good. They actually had really good chemistry, and I'm surprised that they did. I thought it was going to be bore, a boring match. I thought they wouldn't have any chemistry at all. But I'm glad they did because Seth Alexander can make anybody look good. He's that dang good. Um, yeah, I am super pumped for the results of this match. I think Samojo versus Ricochet versus Chad Gable, not Chad Gable, Baron Corbin, is going to be the main event of Raw. I'm going to have to see the results. Look on Twitter. But yeah, looks like Gonna be a great tournament, and then I'm excited for next week where I can talk about the finals for class champions and get my predictions for class champions. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to uh, Michael's office, and uh, yeah, please come back next week where we talk about even more things like the predictions for the finals, the class champions card, and more. Thank you so so much for listening.